everyone, and welcome to another episode of Current Status. My name is Teresa Miller, and you can find me on Twitter at 24by7ITConnect. Uh, before I introduce you to the rest of our guests, we're going to be talking about some of the industry conferences that we have um, enjoyed here in the recent past and cover more specifically what's going on in the Exchange and Office 365 world um, in a very uncut fashion. Um, I'm going to now hand this over to my co-host. Hi everybody, I'm Pumla Schmidt, also known as Exchange Goddess. Yes, uh, round of conferences is over. Um, and this is actually a first, so Exchange Server Pro is here. And um, we feel like we're family, but um, it's the first time we actually met. And actually another person, Gareth, one, one of our guests, he is meeting Paul for the first time as well. So this should be a, an interesting show. So I'm going to pass the mic around and everybody can introduce themselves. Uh, yeah, g'day, I'm Paul. Uh, I, Paul Cunningham, I run the exchangeserverpro.com website. Um, so I've been here speaking at IT Dev Connections this week um, on a few exchange on-premises topics and uh, just generally catching up with everyone. And uh, yeah, great to meet the exchange goddess in person for the first time uh, after so many years uh, knowing each other on Twitter. Hi, my name's Gareth Gudger. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Super Tech Boy. I run Super Tech Boy uh, blog and uh, yeah, it's great. I uh, uh, did what Paul said. Uh, first time I've met him and Pumla and Teresa and uh, actually uh, Michael. So uh, pretty, pretty awesome experience for me. And um, I'm Michael Van Ormeek. Um, most people know me as Van Hybrid. Uh, my nickname is much easier to pronounce as well. Um, I've uh, been to Ignite and ITDF Connections, spoken in both, uh, mostly in Office 365 and a little bit of Exchange on-prem, still hybrid. Um, and I'm only meeting Gareth for the first time. I've pretty much met everyone else before. So it uh, kind of makes me the old one here. Um, or, you know, anyway. If it makes you feel any better, I knew everybody but Gareth as well. So. Yeah, I'm the stranger, I guess. Yeah. Don't trust <laughs> this guy. So. So what's the deal? Like. You know, what, did you just steal the mic? I, I, I stole the mic. <laughs> did you see? I just ripped that mic. The mic is for me. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on? What was the best session here? Because we all know Ignite was just marketing, product marketing. I think so. But you know, what do you guys think for some of the the sessions here? What do you think were like the big popular ones or the ones that gained a lot of um, attention? Anybody, Mike? Um, well, the most popular session, as far as I could tell, for um, the exchange track, which is not called the exchange track, it's called the Enterpri Enterprise Collaboration track, uh, was uh, the Q&A panel that um, <laughs> Tony put together to bamboozle the exchange experts, um, bringing five, uh, five of the team from Microsoft down to, uh, yeah, basically answer the audience questions. And there was um, certainly plenty of questions and... Uh, I'm not sure anyone actually managed to bamboozle them by the end, but uh, there was some good good info in there. Um, personally, the one I enjoyed the most as a as an attendee was um, uh, Alan's Alan from Cogmotive. He presented on uh, managing uh, Office three sixty five with PowerShell. So he has a fairly unique problem where his tool is is dealing with um, upwards of five million. Office 365 objects for all the different tenants for his own customers of the Cognitive reporting tool. So um, as he 
fairly ably demonstrated, there's a lot of issues uh, at that scale where things like, um, you know, shaving 10 or 20 seconds off the runtime for a particular query um, matters quite a lot. So when you or I just bang together a script uh, or run a command, we don't care if it takes 30 seconds or 50 seconds um, because we're only doing it once or for a small number of objects, but you multiply that by uh, millions of objects and all that time really adds up, especially if you're trying to do daily statistical reporting. Um, you need to fit all that into 24 hours. So it was pretty interesting to see how um, Alan had worked out how to solve those problems with PowerShell. Um, sometimes just simple things, good common sense. Other times little tricks and hacks to uh, where he discovered that maybe an exchange commandlet ran a lot slower than a zero AD commandlet. Um, and also where the developments in the new APIs actually mean that you can hammer those APIs quite a lot harder and faster than, uh, than you can with the PowerShell commands and get information back. Uh, so that was my personal favorite. Um, yeah, I, I had a very uh, similar personal uh, favorite um, to what Paul had. There was a, a PowerShell um, uh, session that Jeff Hicks ran. Uh, it was uh, PowerShell remoting, uh, but he also went into a similar, uh, you know, set of, of stuff where he was talking about how to how you can run certain commands faster uh, based on some of your syntax. So um, Jeff Hicks uh, had a really nice session on some just gen more general PowerShell. Uh, not really UC related, so. So I'll have to echo um, Paul's comments on the session. I was with him in um, Alan's session on PowerShell uh, and how to run PowerShell for larger organizations in Office 365, and that was really interesting to see his take, uh, given their experience that they have in the um, in, in the space. Uh, it was really good to see and get some fresh ideas. Uh, running into some of the issues myself, um, so I I thought that was a really good session. But what I've noticed is that. Um, most of the sessions that draw most of attendees uh, in are the exchange on-prem sessions, which uh, echoes the, I'm not going to say revolution, but kind of... Um, people still run exchange on-prem. Yeah, they, they do. And uh, at Ignite, there was a, you know, a large uh, user population that were you know, um, asking for sessions, more sessions about exchange on-prem. They were very vocal about it uh, in some of the exchange sessions. They said, well, we want more exchange on-prem content. So when I browsed through you know, some of the sessions here earlier today and yesterday, um, I kind of you know, popped in and popped in to gauge how many people were attending a session. There's a fair number that are interested in Office 365. And of course, it, it sometimes depends on the time of the day and so forth. But in general, I think there's there's always been a little bit more people in the exchange on-prem sessions than there were for the Office 365 sessions, which was interesting because it kind of reconfirms that, um, you know, from a conference perspective, they might have been focusing too much on Office 365, kind of mandated by Microsoft, because it, it's all cloud today anyway. Um, and the on-prem people have been left out uh, maybe a little bit too much. So um, that was quite interesting ob observation. Um, so. Sorry. I don't trust you with the mic because you're going to steal it from me. <laughs> I want to follow up on that. I want to follow okay. up on that because I'm still on-prem and I was very frustrated at night because there were so few sessions that was on-prem. I mean, even the vendors, it was all about cloud. And it's frustrating for someone that's on-prem and you walk around and everything's for cloud. Well, I can't get to the cloud right now. So you're pretty much SOL, you're stuck. So it really wasn't fair. But I think that shows um, the larger conference that, I mean, vendors in general. So any vendor that holds a conference, it's a lot of, it's marketing. Yeah, it's a marketing event. They're not listening to what the customers want. Right. What the customers are doing. A lot of customers definitely are still running 
on-prem. Not everybody's ready for the cloud. And I think what Michael hit on is because of that, people are trying to learn more about on-prem. Like they, I think they know they will move potentially move to the cloud once they work through their issues with security. Like I feel like security teams are the ones that are often holding people back from moving there. They need to learn about it, but they're not doing it today. Not all of them are doing that. So that kind of leads into my next question. Like I've kind of tapped into like industry industry trends. Like I feel like numbers Microsoft keeps putting out there, like the whole world's moving to the cloud. But what about real world? What are what is everybody here really seeing? Does it does it echo what Microsoft's message is? is So I guess it depends whom you ask. Um, uh, I've, you know, given my nickname, I've been doing a lot of hybrid uh, deployments, which means that I've been helping a lot of customers move to Office 365. So for the majority of my customers, I would say, yeah, they're all in the cloud already. And yeah, it's a you know, pretty uh, fair amount of them that already are there. But I know a lot of people that are not doing any Office 365 work. They're still doing a lot of on-premises migrations. And uh, despite all the numbers that Microsoft puts forward, I still think that the majority of the customers is on-premises. Um, There's still a lot of them that will move to the cloud. And I also believe there's going to be a fair amount of them that is going to remain on-premises for the foreseeable future. Um, I even think that a fair amount is going to stay on-prem no matter what. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what Microsoft is up to in the long term in terms of, you know, where, where are they going with the on-prem product? And um, people are getting more, I, I like the fact that they're getting more vocal about it because for the past four years, it's been Office 365 and Exchange Online and go to the cloud, 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 everywhere. And it's clear that it's their um, strategic decision to go cloud first, maybe cloud only at some point. Um, or at least that's the feeling there is. But the on-prem customers have had it in a way and they're asking like, well, we're still there. I mean, even if we're moving in five years from now, until then, we still need content. We still need to understand how the products work. We still need to work with it, migrate to newer versions. And um, it's just in general interesting. So, Yeah, I think um, some of the projects that I've seen, I've seen a mix like Michael. I'm seeing some projects where it's just, you know, Exchange 2010 to Exchange 2016 migrations. Um, but I'm certainly, most of the migrations I'm seeing have some form of a hybrid element in them. Um, and what's really surprising is this year and a little bit last year, I'm not only just seeing 10 to 16 and give us hybrid, I'm also saying we have hybrid 10 and we want to go to hybrid 16. And one of the things that I found interesting about the Ignite conference is there was a lot of sessions that talked about, you know, when should you upgrade your, you know, quote unquote hybrid server? Um, and the reasons were, you know, there was a few reasons. Um, and, and the one reason that I didn't see there was because the management is more in line with what we're seeing in Office 365. And every single project I've been on that's wanted to upgrade their 2010 environment to 2016 to take advantage of that has said, we want it because our help desk admins are going to see a similar management interface than they do that they do right now in Office 365. Um, so I was actually kind of surprised that some of the Ignite sessions didn't kind of acknowledge, hey, it's a similar management interface, um, you know, for your help desk or, or lower junior admin. So that's an interesting comment. I think it shows desire long term to move cloud. Like if they if they want them to learn the interface, but it's it's not a they're going to stay on prem for now and then move potentially later. Cloud strategy could be there for later. 
Yeah, and there was a great uh, there was a great session um, uh, at Ignite. There was the running hybrid for the long haul, which I thought was a really good session and uh, something that's available on demand. And highly would recommend everybody to watch that if uh, they haven't seen it. Okay. Pamela wasn't paying attention at all then. <laughs> she got caught. So I have a I have a different view of the exchange community. Um, so I still I still hear from customers um, and I still sort of gain a sense of where in particular Australian businesses are looking to, to go these days. Australia, traditionally, we're a little further behind the world, uh, the rest of the world, like the US and Europe. Uh, in terms of cloud adoption, that's mostly due to uh, local data centers coming later to Australia than they do to the other regions or um, our bandwidth being a little harder to come by um, and more expensive. So those sort of roadblocks are starting to clear away and, and cloud adoption in Australia is is taking off but just generally like worldwide my sense of it from the community is that um, two things have happened one the, the growth of the exchange community is probably stalled I'd say it's plateaued at least probably for the last 18 months and we're not seeing uh, the kind of growth in the exchange community and um, that we saw in the sort of 2013-2014 with you know all these great innovations coming through the pipeline into the products we had you know the, the DAG in 2010 and then uh, managed availability in 2013 and all the exciting deep dive technical content that fit into a conference like Mech, um, that's kind of tapered off because the product has matured so much. Um, 2016 is basically 2013 Service Pack 2. Um, I know the Microsoft engineers have a lot of very interesting things happening uh, underneath the hood, but they don't translate to particularly exciting features that we as administrators um, like to see. So anyone who's going to a conference like Ignite would probably appreciate that there was an element of education still involved in, in uh, conferences like that. Mech was very good at the uh, education side of things. There was good technical deep dive sessions that didn't teach you about, uh, didn't announce new features or do anything like that. They were, you know, they were Tim McMichael explaining HA clustering in, you know, level 400 um, depth and, and that was super valuable stuff. I guess Microsoft doesn't really want to invest in delivering that kind of content in Ignite these days, and that's where um, other conferences like um, IT Dev Connections come along and try and sort of fill that gap and and uh, present that type of material. There's very little there's very little content that I've seen here this week that's been you know what's coming next. It's more about what's here now and how you can use it the most. And we as MVPs often get caught up in what's coming next, but at the same time, we need to probably take a step back and remember the community is probably still trying to learn how to make best use of what they've already got and they'll be using for the next few years rather than constantly being told, here's the latest and greatest thing that you need to to chase after. And um, I wasn't personally at Ignite, but the, the sort of feedback that I heard was that that's, that's where the frustration comes from. It's, you know, stop telling me all this great new exciting stuff that's maybe a year away on my personal roadmap. Um, help me make better use of what I've got today. Yeah, I think with IT Dev Connections, it's about the real world. This is, you know, this is how the world works. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're using the technology. How do, how do we, how do we use the technology, technology the right way? But in Ignite is, it's a product roadshow. It's just a big, it's, it's, it's marketing. And, and I like these small shows that, Pretty much, you know, these sessions tell you how to fix things or do it the right way. You know, mistakes, um, th things that you know, professionals have encountered along the way. 
um, and it's helpful for you know, other professionals going through the same thing. Like, oh, wow, you went through that problem. I'm going through it right now. You know, we can all network and um, share, I guess, life experiences and, and stories and kind of help each other out versus going to a product roadshow and it's about the cloud and here's what's, like you said, here's what's new, but that's not my roadmap or I can't go there yet. So it's very refreshing to be in a surrounding like this. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really do appreciate the IT Dev Connections platform for the learning, the depth. I don't, I mean, I care what's coming, but if I'm looking at training and education, it's not a good use of my time. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate this type of venue. Um, it makes me miss some of the smaller conferences that Microsoft used to have. Like the Microsoft Exchange Conference really had that valuable content um, that you could learn and take away. I mean, there was some marketing, but... Um, you still could really learn a ton. Yeah, and stuff like TechEd as well, and other yeah conferences like TechEd, and you know, yeah, it's just the uh, you know we can we can the, the marketing we can obviously just you know we can read the blogs, we can watch the videos. Um, it's it's hard to uh, spend that amount of money just to get the marketing fluff, right? So, <laughs> IT Dev Connections, um, great venue, a, a lovely lovely venue here at the Aria. So. Um, you know, great, great conference food too. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I missed Ignite, so, but I heard rumors about what the food was like. But uh, yeah, the food here was absolutely phenomenal. So. That's true. And we're in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. And yeah. you, you can hear that in the background. Wow. And it's, it's nice. So, um, I, um, <laughs> beating 23,000 people isn't easy. So they had boxed lunches with, the same sandwiches day after day after day, um, which kind of, you know, at the end of the week, you, you don't feel like another sandwich. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, the IT Dev Connections conference, on the other hand, I mean, the food is amazing. Every day, it's, it's a warm lunch. It's, it's nice. It's really good food. It's tasty. Um, you know, if there would be a category of, you know, conference food, this would probably, you know, be the number one conference with the best food. But I'm not sure if there's a competition like that, and if we really want to have one like that. Um, let's create one. Um, <laughs> other conferences do need to learn from this. Um, but it was National Pulled Pork Day, uh, or at least I saw some tweets in that um, in that direction. Um, but I'm not sure how we ended up from tech to food. But uh, <laughs> so in, in, in a more serious note, uh, I, I do want to comment on uh, how conferences are changing. Um, in the cloud, uh, how things work are less important. So Mech, for instance, Mech 2014 in Austin was a great conference because um, all the people that were there love exchange or do a lot with exchange and have a lot of experience with exchange and they get to learn about exchange so you know by now you we've established the fact that it was all about that one product um so you could get these deep dives like paul mentioned earlier um where you would see the inner workings of a dag whether you were sh not sure if you ever wanted to know all the inner workings but it's very valuable because you you, you could understand how everything worked because you are the one troubleshooting um, 
the exchange servers in, in the end that are hosted in your own data centers. In Office 365 or with cloud, that's no longer the case. I mean, once you're up there, all you're doing is consuming a service. So from that point, all you theoretically care about is how can I use something? And if you take a look at the content at Ignite, most of the sessions were like, well, how can I use Office 365 groups? How can I use Yammer? How can I use SharePoint? And there's very few you know, sessions that explained how does it work? Because in the end, uh, I think Microsoft's philosophy is you don't need to care. You shouldn't care. I mean, um, so there is a transformation there. It doesn't change the fact that it was too marketing for me, too much marketing. I'm a techie. Um, so I, I still love to understand how things work and, you know, helping customers migrate. We have to understand how things work. Um, but in all fairness, the content that we need is available elsewhere. I mean, there is lots of resources online. Everything's on TechNet where you can read up and there's other videos that Microsoft publishes that has that information. Um, and we're about to get sucked into a great party apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of shows, uh, I'm not sure if I should describe what I'm seeing right now, but um, a large group of people dressed up in yellow and orange, and I saw some blue and red ones earlier, and making a lot of noise. Um, and the re the relevance to the conference or exchange or food is non-existent. But anyway, um, it is Vegas. Yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, IT Dev Connections, uh, San Francisco next year. I'm actually very excited about that because I've never been to San Francisco. And um, same thing for Ignite. Ignite's moving to Orlando, right? <laughs> this this does describe where we are. I love it. What? <laughs> this is awesome. All right, so. I think that was a Jiffy Lube conference. <laughs> Yeah, so, so to to continue on our conversation now that we are regrouping here and the party has left the building, um, I like the San Francisco and Orlando to uh, change. I Vegas Vegas is fun, Vegas but is it's exhausting. So I'm ready to go to San Francisco. Should we just go now? Like. Paul's flight might be like one hour less for, for San Francisco. Yeah, so Paul's flight might be one hour less for San Francisco. So it's all—it's good for Paul, right? <laughs> all right. He's so he's. <laughs> I just want to sleep. So I feel like, so. We've talked about a few things, but we haven't talked about what 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 are. What is everyone looking forward to? Like we've talked about Exchange, we've talked about Office 365. We know there's not a, a like a ton of new features. We talked about that, but there has to be some level of excitement somehow, somewhere in where things are going. So I'm going to ask you to dig deep and share. What are you excited about, Paul? Uh, uh, <laughs> Larry Ladd trumpet somewhere behind me. <laughs> That's got me very excited. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say I'm very excited about Microsoft finally settling on some portals that don't change. Um, every, it seems like 
it seems like they've finally got the preview portal for Office 365. They've taken the preview tag off that. Um, they seem to be settling down uh, the compliance center stuff, although I hear they might be making some more changes. Shuffling a few more things around there. Azure is beginning their transition. They've got their new portal, and they're going to start putting some more things in there as well. Some of them are Office 365 related. Um, but that, that's been probably a source of frustration, um, more than excitement, I guess, to be honest. Microsoft's in bed, like they're, they're doing so much and I guess they're forced to do so much in the cloud to um, keep responding to genuine customer needs. So it's great that as an Office 365 customer, you just start getting features just sort of thrown into your existing subscription or maybe you upgrade to a slightly better subscription to get access to them. Um, you know, a good example is like uh, the Microsoft Bookings application. Um, that's a new thing that small business customers can get today that didn't require them to deploy any software or make any major changes to their own network. And that's um, that's obviously something to get excited about. Um, but there is also uh, a sense of so much going on um, inside Office 365 and Azure that, um, you know, I've heard from people in uh, coming away from Ignite and just around the community in general that it's starting to get very fatiguing. And it's 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 uh, becoming a situation where we're faced with the need to start carving out little slices of Office 365 and other cloud services to focus on as professionals because the, the breadth of uh, the breadth of features and services and, and the infrastructure is is getting to be so so big that being across it all and all the changes that are occurring across it all um, is nearly impossible unless it's practically a full-time job so that sort of calls back to some of the challenges they have with doing conferences. How would you run an Office 365 conference, for example, without including relevant pieces of Azure, um, like Azure Information Protection or, um, you know, Office 365, does Enterprise Mobility and Security Suite belong in that conference or should it be in a separate Azure conference or should they show up to both conferences and... You know, that's probably why they mashed all the conferences together and what would make it pretty difficult to separate them all out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is it is fun as a technology person to see so much going on and you can really take your pick at what you want to keep up with and, and, and stay interested in. But at the same time, it's it's creating a lot, of, a lot of fatigue and a lot of sense that there's never a chance to settle down and sort of solidify what you know and what you're working on um, rather than be sort of constantly turning up to work and finding out that the cheese has been moved uh, again and you have to work out where it's gone. So, Yeah, to, to go on to Paul's comment, it feels like uh, my whole IT career has just been a catch-up of a massive reading pile that I can never get to. But um, um, yeah, I, my, uh, my favorite feature actually was just announced in this latest CU and I think it's, it's a huge selling point that I can easily go to to a C-level or CIO and say, you know this latest CU of Exchange 2016 server. Uh, if you know if you've got this stretch DAG across multiple sites, we can potentially drop your WAN utilization and your WAN cost down by what Microsoft is saying up to 40 percent. And I think you know that's a massive cost savings that Exchange is showing there uh, to the C levels. And then you know 2016 as a product continues to drop its DBIO requirements. And I think you know it's becoming such an easy sell for us as consultants. We can say. The latest version of Exchange, it's not going to require that pricey SAN. It's going to use less network utilization. 
And at you know, the end of the day, the sea levels want to hear about how they can save money. So um, I, I like that I can, I can sell it a little bit easier now. Um, wow. It's, it's hard to answer the question of what I'm most excited about because I uh, am excited about a lot of things that are happening right now. Um, truth be told, uh, I'm very looking forward to some of the identity stuff that Microsoft is doing right now. Uh, they've announced password authentication. Uh, to be available somewhere half in the first half of next year. And that looks like a really, really, really interesting um, feature, which would potentially allow customers to move away from ADFS, which adds a lot of complexity. Um, and uh, during my talk this morning, I, I talked a little bit about ADFS and why you should or shouldn't do it. And I mean, there's valid reasons to have it there, but um, if you can avoid it, it, it's great to avoid it altogether. And that PTA, posture authentication piece, really looks like it might, you know, cause a shift there. Um, so uh, to, to Paul's comments, um, Microsoft's online services is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get next. Um, and I mean, you could literally wake up in the morning and see five announcements of new features they've rolled out today, tomorrow in GA or in public preview. Uh, it's like a roller coaster that never ends. And it's very tiring um, to, you know, to techies, it's, it, it's really hard to pick your battles and know, okay, what should I focus on? And, you know, Paul, you made that comment really well. Um, it, and and it's, it feels like we've all been thrown together in a bucket called Office 365, and now we're slowly picking it apart again and be like, yeah, I'm going to be the exchange guy for Office 365, and I'm going to be the SharePoint guy, because, you know, you can't cover everything and know everything well enough from a technical and functional perspective to you know, to, to make a lot of sense. And um, even within a conference like Ignite, where I get they are getting all the content together, um, I think it kind of lacks more uh, clearness in, into, you know, um, what belongs where. It, it, it's all like in a gray zone and uh, there's too much overlap, which I'm, which is normal. I mean, Azure... Or Azure Active Directory touches on everything. It touches Skype. It touches SharePoint. It touches Exchange. Uh, and, and the problem is that we we're still referring to those products indiv um, independently. But the question is, should we still do that? I mean, we're we're used to calling it Exchange and SharePoint, but shouldn't we start calling it Office 365 and be like, yeah, I'm an, an Office 365 guy, and you know, I'm talking about messaging in Office 365, and I'm talking about document collaboration, rather than I'm talking about Exchange and SharePoint, because at some point, um, I wouldn't be too surprised if they're dropping the names SharePoint and Exchange from, from Office 365, because in the end, and you can see that in the new wave of consultants, the, the young ones that come in, um, and I do realize that makes me feel very old right now. Um, but they, they're, you know, they look at technology in a different way that we do. We have, you know, used these separate products for many, many years. Now people get into the market, and some of them have never touched an on-prem server. Um, you know, literally, they walked in, started using Office 365, and they have a very unique take on this, and they look at a more holistic way to things. Uh, even myself being an Office 365 consultant, uh, if you will, um, I mainly talk from an exchange perspective to my customers uh, because that's my background. Um, and I, you know, I call SharePoint, I call it ScarePoint because it literally scares me, but probably because I don't know enough about it. But uh, it kind of shows how that transitions away where um, we're now not technical, but more functional 
analysts and and consultants telling people how to use technology rather than focusing on how it works. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Michael. I just want to add on, you know, um, we're definitely seeing a blur of the lines between the products and Office 365. Um, You know, I think a, a year or so ago, uh, SharePoint's lines were very blurred. You you couldn't really tell where SharePoint began and ended in the uh, in the tenant or in the service. And now with Exchange and Office 365 groups, it's you know it really becomes as you know where does one product start and where does one product end. So and I think it makes sense with the direction like Michael said about the the MVPs are now Office Server and Services MVPs. And then also more recently, Microsoft changed the certification with the MCSE productivity, where uh, you know the the SharePoint. Um, Skype and uh, Exchange um, are all rolled into one certification. So, so we've been talking for a good thirty minutes or so. So I think we're gonna wrap up. We appreciate all of you being here and sharing your thoughts. Um, it's been a good event, and I think anyone who went to Ignite enjoyed it for its reasons as well. Um, so. I guess that's all she had to say. Or rather, drop the mic. (laughs) Yeah, I think the mic's ready to be dropped. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to our wonderful guests for joining us. Um, I guess there's a party somewhere back there that we can all join. Let's Let's do it.